Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. Happy Saturday to you all. We have finished our study on the Mass, but over the next few days, I want us to focus on some of the other special Eucharistic prayers that you may hear when you come to Mass. Uh, We've talked about Eucharistic prayers one through four. Today and tomorrow, I'd like to offer what's called the prayers, uh, Eucharistic prayers for reconciliation. And then we're going to move into the four Eucharistic prayers that are masses for various needs. So today is going to be Eucharistic prayer for reconciliation number one. This can be used by the parish priest in time of special needs. I like to use it throughout the season of Lent in a particular way, as we are reminded by the season itself to be repentant. This can be used in the season of Advent. This can be used to promote harmony if there's division within the community or perhaps the world, our need to show God that we are truly a people of sorrow and reconciliation. Uh, I also won't be spending time on the postures and how important the postures are. We've already done that. So again, if you missed those episodes, I invite you to go backwards a few days here and pick them up. But what we will be doing is focusing on the language of the Eucharistic prayer and speaking just to that. Uh, So each day we will just spend time on the language of the Eucharistic prayer. So again, the priest starts as he always does. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and from the world's beginning are ceaselessly at work. A beautiful way of saying that God is constantly moving. He's not somebody who's sitting on the sidelines. He's not somebody who's asleep on the cushion. He's not aloof with what's going on in the world. But rather, from the world's beginning, he is ceaselessly at work so that the human race may become holy just as you yourself are holy. This speaks of salvation history, and we've talked about it in so many episodes here at God's Playbook, the important thing of knowing that salvation is a process and it is a special gift that God gives to us. The priest then continues, Look, we pray upon your people's offerings and pour out on them the power of your spirit, that they may become the body and blood of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, in whom we too are your sons and daughters. So it's this connection of the body of Christ, the family of God, that through baptism we are proud to profess ourselves as sons and daughters of God. And again, the priest is praying over the gifts and makes the sign of the cross with his hands over the gifts. He continues to say, Indeed, though we once were lost and could not approach you, you loved us with the greatest love. Again, even though we once were lost and could not approach you, you loved us with the greatest love. So this idea that God is merciful, he makes the first movement back to us. We don't just beg him for mercy and then, okay, I'll give it to you. It is God who graciously gives his mercy freely and then invites us to ask for it as well. We are responding to the first movement of our God. For your son, who alone is just, handed himself over to death. So showing that it is only Jesus who is just. He's the only sacrifice that God would receive. And that he handed himself over to death. 
Jesus was an active participant in his own execution. This wasn't a backdoor plan that surprised him. This wasn't something that the father tricked him into doing. Jesus knew all along what was going to happen. That's why he came to earth and was an active participant in his own execution. He was not going to change his mission. He was not going to change his preaching style so that the Pharisees would be offended less. He wasn't going to remove himself from the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus hands himself over to death. And then it concludes with, and did not disdain to be nailed for our sake to the wood of the cross. So, again, he was willing to be nailed for our sake to the wood of the cross. Jesus offered himself for us in a very willing manner. Then the priest goes on to say, but before his arms were outstretched between heaven and earth, to become the lasting sign of your covenant, he desired to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. So, of course, speaking of the suffering of Jesus, of the Last Supper, we always relate back to that first Mass, which we call the Last Supper, in which Jesus gives the apostles his flesh and blood to eat and drink. So, The priest goes on to say, As he ate with them, he took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to them, saying, and then as in the Eucharistic prayers, it's the same, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. The priest then lifts Jesus before all of us to venerate, and then, of course, he genuflects too. He then continues to say, In a similar way, when supper was ended, knowing that he was about to reconcile all things in himself through his blood to be shed on the cross. Again, this is showing that Jesus is fully aware of what's going to happen to him and that it is through his cross that the world is reconciled to God. Through his blood that we are redeemed. The priest continues, He took the chalice filled with the fruit of the vine and once more giving you thanks handed the chalice to his disciples, saying, and then the priest says, just as in the other Eucharistic prayers, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The priest then lifts the chalice for all of us to venerate, for indeed that is now Jesus truly present to us. Friends, the mystery of faith follows, just as we've discussed before. But then I want you to pay attention to the beautiful words of this Eucharistic prayer. The priest continues by saying, Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Passover and our surest peace. Beautiful reference to God moving throughout the Old Testament, and the celebration of the Passover, but he is our surest peace. The priest continues, We celebrate his death and resurrection from the dead, and looking forward to his blessed coming, we offer you who are our faithful and merciful God, the sacrificial victim who reconciles to you the human race. So again, we celebrate his death and resurrection, the paschal mystery of Jesus. We look forward to his blessed coming, We're always forward-looking, looking looking for the second coming of Jesus. 
we offer you who are a faithful and merciful God, the some of the characteristics of God that we love so much, this sacrificial victim who reconciles to you the human race. So again, is this mention that it is through the suffering and death of Jesus that reconciliation comes to the world. The priest continues, Look kindly, most compassionate Father, on those you unite to yourself by the sacrifice of your Son. So, another character trait of God, he's so compassionate, and this unity that we find with God in the sacrifice of Jesus. This is the only unity we can receive in the most intimate and powerful way with our God is in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. He continues, And grant that by the power of the Holy Spirit, as they partake of this one bread and one chalice, they may be gathered into one body in Christ who heals every division. So again, showing that this is the work of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. As we receive the one bread and one chalice, the body and blood of Jesus, we are gathered into one body in Christ, so unified in the Lord, and it is the Lord who heals every division. It is Jesus who brings peace and reconciliation to us, friends. The priest continues, Be pleased to keep us always in communion of mind and heart, together with Francis, our Pope, and then the bishop's name is mentioned there, in my case, Gerard, our bishop. So we always pray in communion with the global church, in communion of mind and heart, as this part of the prayer reminds us. The priest continues, Help us to work together for the coming of your kingdom until the hour when we stand before you, saints among the saints in the halls of heaven. So help us to work together. There's a unification of the building of the kingdom of God, the kingdom that is and the kingdom that is to come. Until the hour we stand before you, recognizing that whether Jesus comes for the second time or that we are called home to be with God. So our own personal judgment. Saints among the saints in the halls of heaven. We do not become angels when we die, friends. Angels are God's creatures. We are God's children. We are called to be saints. Saints among the saints in the halls of heaven. And then we mention the saints in particular. We always start with the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? So the priest continues. With the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. With St. Joseph, her spouse. With the Blessed Apostles and all the saints. And with our deceased brothers and sisters whom we humbly commend to your mercy. So we always mention Mary and Joseph first, the apostles generically, and then the saints generically. But again, the priest can use the patron saint of the parish or the patron saint of the day there to include a name if he wishes. Whom we humbly commend to your mercy. Again, we are talking about all those deceased brothers and sisters who we pray for at the Mass. We are always praying for those who have died. And we recognize the fact that God is merciful. And we call upon the mercy of God upon our loved ones, the holy souls in purgatory, and those who have no one to pray for them. The priest then continues, Then, freed at last from the wound of corruption 
and made fully into a new creation, we shall sing to you with gladness the thanksgiving of Christ, who lives for all eternity. I love the language used here. Freed from the wound of corruption, showing us that sin and death are wounds that corrupt us. But it is God who removes our shackles. It is God who gives us freedom. It is God alone who can bring us peace and hope. Made fully into a new creation, we shall sing to you with gladness that our souls may be united with the angels and saints in heaven as we worship God and praise him for all that he does for us. The thanksgiving of Christ who lives for all eternity, that we are united with them just like at the Mass where heaven and earth praise God for all that he does for us. And then again, as in the other Eucharistic prayers, friends, the priest lifts the body and blood of Jesus, says the doxology, through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And we see that very important word, amen, or amen. So this Eucharistic prayer for Reconciliation One shows us in a very practical and real way that the language used, we heard the word reconcile many times through the prayer, we recognize that it is Jesus who reconciles us, but what it also allows us to do, friends, is this notion of we need to also reconcile with one another. So friends, as we continue to thank God for the different prayers, the language used to praise God and to ask him for what we need, may our study today of Eucharistic prayer for reconciliation number one help us to do just that to be reconciled to God and to pray for one another for God's playbook friends I'm Father Rico God loves you and so do I if you like what you hear please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via Buzzsprout, Ko-Fi or GoFundMe thanks and God bless